everyone. It is Dave and Jeff. It is June 17th, 2020. All right, Dave, where were you? 26 years ago today was the Bronco chase. I know exactly where I was. I was at Qualcomm Stadium. Really? Yeah. What was going on there? Padre game. Padres were playing, and at the same time, on a television in the dining room, they had the NBA Finals going on between the Knicks and the Rockets. And then all of a sudden, that was the small screen. It was like 25% and 75% was OJ. I remember the weird thing about that, I was working at KSTO at the time, living in Cardiff, making that long drive to 5050 Murphy Canyon Road. And I remember... Uh, the day av- would have been June 13th. Murders happened on June 12th. Driving down, listening to, I guess it would have been 690. And I remember Joe Titino doing an update saying the wife of O.J. Simpson had been found dead. Yeah. And I I feel like Joe said in the update that OJ was in Chicago and was flying home, and you're like, man, crazy, right? Sad story. and But wasn't, like, it just wasn't anything. But with KSDO, we were the news station. KFMB was kind of more news and talk. Yeah. We were the news station. And uh, so running the board and being on the board every day from pretty much 9 to 5, like we were in the middle of that whole deal. And I just remember how the week developed. But I've said this before when we did this terrestrial and when we've done it here and and thought back onto this day. In that newsroom, man, we had old established news guys, voices that all of you know. And it was Ernie Myers, George Riley, Ken Yearwood, Ron Rena. Bruce Binkowski, right? Stephanie Roberts. So many great news people. And then editors, late George Rodriguez. uh, Just, goddamn, Dave. I I can't even imagine how many years of experience. And like I said, just grizzled guys not impacted by anything. Dave Gascone, if you ever listen now to uh, Fox Sports Radio at Night with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, a lot of times, Dave Gascone, who worked with us at Extra, is the update guy. It's his father that comes out and says, gives the speech in front of that yellow curtain where he says, we are actively searching for Mr. Simpson. And I can feel it like it was yesterday. Yeah. That whole newsroom of all these guys that I loved, Myers and Rodriguez, all of them. Whoa. And they're like, let's go. And we got right on the air. Is he? Is his dad the same guy that called him a fugitive? Yeah. That's wow. Dave Gascon's dad. Wow. And I remember that. By the way, that announcement came out. The movie The Fugitive came out the year before in July. Okay. So, I mean, everyone, it was a popular movie. Yeah, too. it was great. And then he used the word fugitive. And I was like, whoa. That, yeah. That's when I was like, that's crazy. And that's when everything started. And so for me, you know, we, it, you didn't have smartphones in our studio. We had a really tiny studio and hanging down from the ceiling to my left, right above the board was an AP news wire. And it's just old school, like a computer monitor, like you see, but it had this orange print and it would just constantly update. And we were just watching and 
breaking in and carrying different things. Limbaugh was on, Hedgecock was on, our afternoon news block, the whole thing. And uh, it's pretty high, man. Like I, running that board, that's probably from an adrenaline standpoint, one of the wildest days I can remember. That and um, there was that and a shooting. I remember like a, a shooting that happened on a weekend shift that was pretty yep. wild. But but the OJ deal was number one. And I wrote about this today on social media. My number one takeaway from that day is uh, Ken Yearwood and George Riley. They're doing an amazing job on the air. Uh, Mary Ayala, our old boss, is our news director. And Mary's saying, okay, go to monitor one, go to two, pick up ABC. And we're just, you know, you're running that board, man. And you're just catching feeds and you're just going. And uh, I probably had, it felt like, because nobody could really see anything and they were watching that AP wire in my room. I feel like in this very small studio, I probably had 10 to 15 people in there, which it's a room designed for maybe three. It's crowded. To my right, there is a full glass window that's probably about seven feet from ceiling down. And we're in there and the adrenaline's going. They're trying to figure out, is he committing suicide? Where's the Bronco? Everything's happening. Do we have audio? Local, national. And I look to my right and I catch Sue Delaney, who had been doing afternoons at KCLX 102.9. And I see Sue coming down the hallway. And she used to like just pop in and say hey or whatever. And I figure she's coming in to get an update that she can share on KCLX. And because she was just fucking great and I loved her, I'm ready for it. And she comes in and she's a little shit. <laughs> and she comes in, Dave, into this crowded studio and she's just working her shoulders. Eee! Fucking oblivious to anything going on. And she comes right up. And uh, she's standing right kind of, I had like a shelf where all my carts and tapes and everything went. She's standing right there by this shelf and she reaches into her jeans and she pulls out like this crumpled, like the most fucked up little kid crumpled $20 bill and she puts it down. Hey, uh, I'm going to have a pizza here in about 10 minutes. The guy's going to ring the buzzer when he rings that buzzer. Can you pay him and just tip him with this? And from the back of the room, you hear, get the hell out of here, Sue. Who yelled at her? I have no idea. And uh, she doesn't react. She doesn't look at me. She doesn't look at the left or the right. She just reaches down and grabs that fucked up $20 bill. She puts it back into her jeans pocket and she just edges her way back out and just walks right back down. God damn, dude. She, uh, like, you could go on YouTube. One of my favorite things, if you're a radio junkie, you can go on YouTube and you can find, we've talked about it, you can find video air checks from everybody. Yeah. And the Rich Brothers, my boys, Rumble and Thrower. Uh, right? All these fuckers are on there. But Sue is on there from her time at KGB. Dave, I don't know if you remember when I she don't. was there. She was so goddamn hot and incredible voice. 
She'd been through a lot, man. She um I have no idea what she looks like. Is oh, that funny? dude, gorgeous, gorgeous. Her husband had committed suicide. Oh boy, and it had, as you can imagine. And I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that I have this right, but the way I remember the story is that Sue may have been in the room and trying to talk him out of it. And you can imagine for anybody, um, any of us that have been impacted by suicide, but. She was, I mean, she was gorgeous, this smoky voice, but not like where Nina Blackwood oh is God. today. And, uh, and dude, I'll just tell you, having worked with her for, I don't know how long she was there, a uh, year and a half, she was just great. But so when I tell that story, man, believe me, I say it with love because Sue was just, at that point, she wasn't the same Sue from KGB. But when the when she hit the red button and the mic went on, she was fucking nails. Yeah. Except for day one, which I've told you guys, we were so excited because KCLX was crushing KGB at that time. Rickards wasn't there. I think Rickards was on uh, 102.1, which became Rock 105. And uh, we had gotten a lot of the KGB people. Coe came over. Sue came over. My man John Leslie came over. Then we had John Dion and, and Charlie Weaver and some others. Rumble and Thrower were okay. And we were super excited because they made a deal to get Sue. And Sue was going to come over and do middays and afternoons, whatever. So they fucking hyped this for two weeks that she was going to be live at the crazy borough in Carlsbad. Come see Sue Delaney. <laughs> but David, it'd be like, I, I, don't, I can't even imagine today. I mean, I guess Rickards, right, to a certain extent, if he came over to a station, I, I don't really know that we have anybody that impactful in the market because they don't let radio be impactful for uh, personalities anymore. But they're all excited. They hype it up. And I think Sue went on at like 3. And she got out there at like noon and just fucking started hammering margaritas. Oh, shit. So they're getting ready to go live. Well, on my board, I can listen to what I'm doing on KSDO, which is Hedgecock and Bill Holland. Stocks. <laughs> And uh, and I can just hit a button and I can listen in. I can hear live what's on KCLX and I can hear the conversation um, between the remote and and home base. Yeah. And they're like, we can't do it. And the, and the program director, I don't even know. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Dude, Sue can't go. Sue can't go. What the fuck do you mean? Dude, she's been overserved. <laughs> Is that the line they used? Something. She's been overserved. And you can just hear rock and roll Sue in the back. I can hear her in the back. I'm fine. And they're like, no, you're not. Somebody drive Sue home. <laughs> so then they got to like, we had an imaging guy, Norm Flint, who'd been there forever. Fucking amazing voice. Norm has to go in and cut a fucking spot like a minute before three. Uh, due to technical difficulties, the debut of the Sudelaney show will happen Monday. Holy shit. Stand by for Keith Miller. What? what? Fuck. And poor Keith Miller, who was Madison on KPRI. I think he had to jump in or Mike Dale. But, uh, dude, she was just, fuck, man. She was old school radio Holy rock and shit. roll. She passed away a few years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, Sue passed away a few years ago. But, um, dude, just like. 
such a fucking good person, man. She really yeah. was. She was great. I just I can't imagine what she was going through, and it, and it it deeply deeply impacted her. Uh, but that's my memory of 26 years ago. Wow. Get the hell out of here, Sue. <laughs> she just shuffled on down the hall. See you, baby. It was such a strange thing to to watch. I mean, overall, everybody knew OJ. OJ up until right. that point was very well liked. You right. know, you saw him in the Hertz commercials. He was Naked Gun the broadcaster, Naked Gun. I mean, he was everywhere. Nobody disliked Capricorn One. Remember yeah. that Capricorn One? Remember that movie? Um, it was one of those things when cable like first became big, and you know, like the the Star Channel, and they ran that fucking movie like crazy, dude. You know what they ran on HBO when you say that? I remember as a kid we got HBO, and just I'll let you go back. The movie I saw a million times, we'd watch it every day. It was this stupid Frisco kid with Gene Wilder and Harrison Ford. You and Josh Rosenberg. That's when I knew I was part Jewish because I just loved the Jewish humor. <laughs> Fucking movie. You should watch that movie. That movie's funny as shit. All right, go ahead. You know, you know what's funny is you talk about flipping through and seeing the same movie over and over again. I uh-huh. swear to God, man, anytime you flip through looking at all the movie channels, mm-hmm. either Kill Bill 1 or Kill Bill 2 are on, always I've on. never seen them. You haven't seen either one? Never seen them in I think I've seen one. each one a hundred times. They're just always on, and I always watch because there's a shitload of fight scenes in it. I uh, I got rid of everything. I don't have HBO. I don't have Showtime. I got, I'm sure like all of us got on our phone, that stars thing where you get it for yeah. 25 bucks for six months. I did that. That hasn't been too bad. Um, but uh, what the hell? But Netflix is where you go. And did you watch, have you seen Dave Chappelle's special? The no, new I haven't one? seen it. Okay. Now, I don't know if anybody else had this problem, but I wanted to see it. Uh, it was just taped within the last two weeks after George Floyd. 30 minutes. People are there in a face mask. I think he does it in Ohio. God damn, Dave. Wow. That guy is so good. But for whatever reason, I couldn't find it on Netflix yeah. that I have streaming. So I had to watch it on my phone. It's only about 30 minutes. But... Like I don't, I don't have HBO. I don't have Showtime. Stars will go away. I don't have any of those because you just you get such good stuff from Netflix. Yeah, I have Amazon Prime, which is all right. But uh, goddamn, man, for anybody, it's uh, the new Dave Chappelle special, which is talking about exactly George Floyd and everything else. Goddamn, that guy's good, man. So good. It's funny. There's one show I've been watching for about five years now, and I don't have any close friends that watch it. But I like I never miss it when it's on. Yeah. And um, the only the only two people I know that watch it are our agent Heather has it watches yeah. it. She's the one that told me to watch it. Okay. And Lee San. Mm. And Lee San will text me on Monday and go, "Did you see it last night?" You know. And I'm like, "Yeah, I watched it." And that was a show Lee San was on actually. Billions. Last, yeah, billions. And she was on as a guest last year. It was like her favorite show, and they yeah. asked her to be on the show. But it's uh, it's the show's fucking great. I mean, it's you worked in the financial world oh, for yeah. a little bit. You'd love the show, I think. I gotta watch. But it. it's it's one I of love those Paul where Giamatti. Yeah, and it's uh, the acting's outstanding. The I, I don't know. I find it fascinating the different mind games and the competitiveness and everything else. But there's no one to talk about with that fucking show except for those two people. Not a bad group of people to talk to. Well, but at the same time, as much as I enjoy it, I'm surprised I don't have more friends that watch it. I have not talked to our agent, Heather, for a couple of weeks, but I talked to her when things all went down in New York City. But I was going to tell you about the last two days, Dave. I've had a pretty good two days. (laughs) Yesterday, 
I had about a half-hour conversation with the aforementioned Lisa Ann. Pretty good day. Because, uh, you know, Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. And as a lot of you would probably confirm, I don't go seeking glory, but sometimes it finds me. <laughs> so, Dave, I found myself reaching out yeah. to some female friends friends yesterday many of them married and I sent them a text and I said hey listen if you would like me to get Andy a signed copy of Lisa Ann's book for Father's Day let me know now because times are <laughs> hectic at the post office yeah but I'll see what I can do this incredibly kind-hearted gesture by me was met with more obscene words Shocking. and things that I was invited to do, and I didn't like it. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I didn't like any of it. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. You know, get your fucking buddy there, that gift card to Applebee's, and then tell him what my suggestion was, and let's see which one he would have rather had. So, uh... I had to talk to her about a different thing. So I called her yesterday and talked with her for 20 minutes. And she's doing great. She sends her best to everybody in this audience. She says, you tell them all I'm thinking about them and I love them. But she told me something wild. She came to L.A. She was in L.A. last weekend. And she said, I, I don't think I'm talking out of school. And she said, you know, she goes, when you're single... And it's quarantine. Yeah. It can mess with you a little bit. I believe bit. it. And she said, you know New York City. You love it. She goes, it was crazy enough the last couple of months during COVID-19. But after the experience of the last couple of weeks, everything in the city is boarded up. And she goes, it just gets you crazy. And she said, I have people that are very close to me that are in L.A. And she goes, I just needed to hug somebody. Yeah. So she came out, spent a couple of days. Could have stopped here, giving us a hug. Well, she didn't because you <laughs> probably creeped her out. Uh, but it was great. But how about this? How about this that she said to me? And it was, I, I'm telling you, there are people that you can judge this however you want. Um, the two people involved in making the decision have signed off on it. She is great. About my sons, Jack and Kate. Yeah. Because she's met them at a couple of walks for suicide prevention and for Alzheimer's. And she asked me all the time, what's going on? And I don't post about them on social media. And so she had said to me a couple of years ago, she said, you know, there's going to be a day when they figure out there's a part two to the Lisa story, right? Yes. It's going to be a good day. And I said, yeah, they are going to figure it out. So we were talking yesterday. She goes, hey, how are they doing? I'm giving her a rundown. She goes, look, I, I'm going to offer something up. And she goes, you can tell me I'm goddamn crazy or you can say, hey, this is it. But she said they're going to see what's on the Internet and they're going to see porn. And she said, I'm telling you as your friend and their friend, if you would like me to have a conversation with them in the sense to tell them, listen, what you're seeing there isn't reality. In the same sense that there is no Spider-Man swinging from building to building or guys falling off a building 
And she said, my biggest concern is, she goes, if you look to see what has happened in that industry, you're seeing women being choked. You're seeing a lot of things that are incredibly, um, you know, disrespectful to women. She goes, it's not the old days. It's like it's almost violent and pushing the deal. And she said, if you want me to be the one to tell them, hey, listen, this is not the way you're going to want to treat women in your life or you're not going to have a woman in your life. She goes, I'm happy to do it. And I go, all right, <laughs> right, I'm down. I told you, man, they aren't going to hear a thing. They're going to be Charlie Brown's teacher. But, They're just going to be staring at her, just going, oh, my God. So I said, I go, look, you know, it's me, but there's another part in this equation. Yeah. And I said, let me call their mom. And I called their mom and I talked to her and she goes, you know what? I'm 100% in. There you go. She goes, I'm 100% in. Yeah. Because she said, I've tried to have that conversation with them and it's Charlie Brown's teacher. Yeah. She goes, they don't want to hear that shit from me. No. I'm their mom. No. I make them peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. They don't want to hear that. But she said, hey, whatever you need back there. But uh, but she said, you know what? She goes, I, my ex said to me, I know your relationship with Lisa. You've said nothing but positive things and how cool she is. You've said nothing but how she likes Jack and Kate. She goes, I think it'd be great for him. Yeah. You know what's funny? Can you imagine that? Oh, I think I said, be you better be- start with Dave. And work him in, and then you can. <laughs> a couple, a couple things about her. Number one is, as everybody knows in the audience, we think she's great. If you met her at, at our twentieth yeah. party, it was you'd see how great she actually is. But from there, we've developed even a better friendship with her. Mm-hmm. Like friends, like you and I, to call each other as friends, is checking in. And I called her a few times because I saw what was going on in the news. And all I said, actually, I would text her first because she's busy as hell. She does 8 million shows. Yeah. And she's recording the audio version of her book, The Life. Yeah. And so when that comes out, I imagine how much better that book is when you actually hear her voice. (laughs) Right. But so she's she's extremely busy. So I hate to have her just call her. So I'll, I'll text her. She called me back and she sent me a video of what it looked like outside of her window. Crazy, right? When the whole George Floyd thing went down. Yeah. It was the only time, and she is not a big person. She is one of the bravest people I know. Like, she's she's fearless. She looks like, I'm going to get up every day early so I don't miss a minute of life. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time I ever talked to her where she was scared. Yeah, and she I told me yesterday. And I really bad that she was scared. And I was like, fuck, this sucks. You know, you and I as friends, we're 3,000 miles yeah. away. And so, I hey, just checking in. vacation don't, time. Don't <laughs> Just don't want to bother you. But yeah. are you okay today? And yeah, then yeah. when you said she went to L.A., I was like, glad to hear it because outside of her window was crazy shit, you know, basically 20 feet from where she was by herself. And she, as just as a friend part, she was scared and was not comfortable what was going on right outside her window. Was she going to be safe? Well, this is the funniest part of the story and who she is. Yeah, I mean, she said to me yesterday, Dave, she said the problem is in the city the people that are currently on the street that used to be nice and engaging are dangerous. And she says, I I have protection ready at all times yeah. in case. And I go, God damn. She goes, yeah, it's not how you want to live your life. But I was, uh, I've said a few times, that I have an, somebody incredibly close to me lives in Toronto. And uh, John Olerud. <laughs> not John Olerud oh. or George Bell. <laughs> and uh, 
I was talking to this friend of mine yesterday and saying that I had what I'd been doing, right? Like yeah. uh, texting other friends and busting their balls about the book. This friend of mine says, look, I'm, I'm not kidding. She goes, I'm fascinated. I'd read that book because yeah. she said from everything you've told me, like I'm sure there's the porn stories, but she goes, I can relate. We're similar in age. We're Italian. We're from the East Coast. Um, she's like, I'm not in adult films, but I'm an entrepreneur like she is. Uh, and I'm fascinated by that story. So I called Lisa. That's why I called. And I said, hey, look, I have a friend who wants this book in yeah. Toronto. And I wouldn't bug you, but here's kind of the breakdown on what it's all about. This is who she is. She said, hey, uh, the book will go out. And I'm going to send a note with my contact info because she said women in our demographic have to kind of stick together. We have to encourage each other because there's a lot of challenges now. And she goes, she sounds great. She goes, Jeff, if you signed off on her, that's all I need to know. And she said, I'm scheduled. Like when everything calms down, I'm. I have to go to Toronto. I have friends up there that I haven't seen. And it's she goes, it's one of my favorite places like it is yours. Um, do you think I can take your friend to lunch? <laughs> I go, fuck yeah, go ahead. So I call the friend of mine in Toronto, diet. Yeah. She goes, this is the coolest thing ever. She goes, that will be great. And I go, and so... Some final things are coming, and I've said it for a long time. You know, when everything gets finally settled and you sign that paper, I, whether it's New York or, or wherever, um, I'm just going away for a while, go yep. off the grid a little bit. And, and so this friend of mine said, uh, I said, yeah, I think New York's always, like as crazy as it is, it's always kind of my zen place. And she goes, hey, I'll meet you there. And she goes, you and I take Lisa to dinner, New York City. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I'll never come home. But, but just to be like, hey, this is your friend, and I like her, and we have to stick together, and she sounds amazing, and do you think she wants to go to lunch? Like, dude, that's just who she yeah. is, and, and other things that she's done as well. So that was my conversation yesterday. The conversation I had for well, Real quick, before you move on to that, I want to ask you about the choking part, okay? Yeah. And the reason I, I bring that up is two things. I remember when I was, I don't know, about 16 years old. A buddy of mine used to go to Music Plus. We'd rent yeah. porn. You went to the warehouse, and asshole. So, <laughs> so we would we would go Where back. the warehouse? And we were watching, you know, whatever the fuck, Marilyn Chambers, whatever the fuck yeah. we were watching. And my buddy's mom finds the guy dang porn in, in, uh -oh. the, in the VCR. And immediately she starts giving him the whole speech about this isn't real love. This yeah. isn't what sex is about. This is, and I'm like, your mom's like completely ruining everything. Yeah, you know, let your mom say up. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom, kids are gonna have a much better experience. Tell your mom to go buy some donuts and come back when this yeah, movie's get, over. Yeah, get out of here. You don't want to hear that shit. Now, it's, it's funny. Is okay. Here's a question for you. I've never been with a girl that said choke me. Have no. you ever been with a girl that said choke me? No, but it's but funny. I do know girls who say, hey, I always want to be choked. Uh, so when I'm talking to my ex yesterday. And I said, her concern is that there are things now where it's getting more extreme, like the choking and things like that. And my ex said, God, I have a few friends that like that. Yeah. I go, what the hell circle are you running in? Yeah. And 
Yeah. See, I'd be afraid to do the, that move because right? let's, say, let's say they, they die. Your yeah, fingerprints are right what? on their let's fucking neck. Let's say they neck. die. Yeah, Your that, fingerprints that are right happen. there. Yeah. I'd uh, be wearing batting gloves or something, so I'd leave no prints. Jesus Wasn't me. God. That shit's all weird. <laughs> like, it's just fucking weird. And I, Dave, you watch these videos, so you feel like you have an informed opinion when you come out here. You know, you have to. <laughs> have to check it out. Uh, so that was yesterday. Today, out of the blue, I had a half, uh, not half hour, but at least 15-minute conversation with the voice of San Diego sports, the great Ted Leitner. Really? Yeah. I, I checked in because a lot of us have been reading Don Winslow's books. Yeah. And Don's new book, Broken, is outstanding, right? So Ted... Ted reached out to me a couple of weeks back, and he goes, hey, don't you know Winslow a little bit? And I go, yeah. And he goes, kind of his number or his email? He goes, Jeff, these books are outstanding. And I've read probably seven of them. I think Don's got like 15 books out. I think Ted's read every one of them. Well, no shit. He has nothing to do. Right. And I said to him, and this was the funny thing, Dave. This is so goddamn funny, and I meant to bring this up to Ted today. I mentioned it to him briefly. But I said to Ted, I go, look, I don't have a phone number. I don't have Don's number or his email. I go through Don's agent, Shane Salerno, who went to San Diego. And anytime we did podcasts or anything else or got advanced copies of books, they all came from Shane. Ted 100% thought I was fucking lying to him. I could tell in his voice. Ted thought that I wouldn't give Don's oh, contact info. You're hoarding the number. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. I would, dude, it's Ted. You cocksucker. Just give him the fucking number. That's exactly what Ted thought. So Ted reaches out a uh, couple of different ways to contact Don, and Don fucking ghosts him. <laughs> Don doesn't reply. So, so now Ted. This is this goes back to before COVID nineteen because Don's a big baseball fan. Yeah, a couple years ago he was telling me, "Man, I got to throw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. It was great." Ted wants to give him the VIP treatment. You're coming, be my guest in the booth. Yeah, we'll do the whole thing. I'd love. I just like Ted said, man. If you're a reader, I get a huge kick out of this. Fucking Don ghosts him again. Now Ted's fucking... He's waiting for Ross Porter. Dude, Ted has no time for my shit. Because he's like, dude, just give me the email. I'm like, Ted, I don't fucking have it. Die. So Ted's <laughs> done with me. <laughs> so I write an email to Salerno. Yeah. And I go, hey, tell Don Ted wants to fucking hook him up. Salerno ghosts me. Oh, fuck. And so I'm talking... What did you do? I don't know. You talk too much Matt Coyle, you asshole. That's where the story turns. <laughs> so today, um, in my other job, I get a phone call from a guy who goes, hey, can you help me out? I go, sure. Guy goes, I'm calling from Indiana. My name's Matt Coyle. And I start laughing. I go, one of my good buddies is Matt Coyle. We start chatting. The dude in Indiana, I go, man, I, I just got to ask you. Because I said, I know my buddy really well. I go, you're a reader? You're a mystery guy and all? The guy goes, Sure. I go, I'm going to have my buddy, Matt Coyle, send you a book. So I call Coyle. I'm telling him the story. This is where it goes great. I call Coyle, 
and I'm telling him, and I go, hey, man, I got to tell you this story about Winslow and Leitner. He goes, dude, that's Don's MO. He doesn't return anybody's wow. thing. He goes, I emailed him. His shit. I don't know if he ever returned that email. It was three years ago. He goes, hey, you tell Ted I grew up in this yeah. town. I'm a Padre guy. 35 years ago, I waited on him at Chuck's Steakhouse in La Jolla. It was amazing. <laughs> you tell Ted if he wants a book, I got it yeah. for him. And he goes, and fuck, I'll take him. I'll go hang out at the Padre booth. I go, you just fucking calm down, okay? <laughs> Coil. So I get Ted back on the phone. I go, hey, I got an update. He goes, yeah? You know how Ted is, right? Yeah? <laughs> I tell him. I go, look, dude, this guy's here in San Diego. He fucking loves you. Waited on you. And I said, the books are amazing. I go, can he send you a book? Oh, that'd be great. So Ted's all happy. Coyle's That's all happy. Shit. I don't know what the fuck Don's doing. Fucking Don. But that guy. Is Don hey, on the phone? Is Don on the phone? I'll tell you guys this. I'll tell you this. That fucking broken that he's got out right now. It's a collection of eight short stories. Dave, he's so goddamn good. I've said the book you should read takes place right over here. Wow. The Power of the Dog, yeah. the Cartel, and the Border. Um, talking about the battles between the DEA and the cartels. Dude, Don like went embedded with the DEA for years, man. Like these those books are so intense, they give you chills, but those are based on real life. And it's happening here at the border. Yeah. Um, crazy shit, man. But yeah, yesterday, half hour chatting with the great Lisa Ann. Today, about on and off, about 20 minutes with Ted. They're both doing great. Send uh, you, for some unknown reason, <laughs> their best. <laughs> All right, so you just said something interesting a second ago. You mm -hmm. talked about when things kind of calm down a little bit, you're ready to travel. My yeah. my son's already booked flights to Austin, Texas, and, and really? going to Alabama for a wedding, and he's talking about all these. He's dying to get out, mm -hmm. okay? So he has he started booking flights already, and he's basically been like me. He's basically been inside the house, and he's looking to just get back to some kind of normal. Yeah. So when you talk about traveling, you mentioned New York, you mentioned Toronto. My question is, when you talk about just the United States, because I'm not a guy that's gone outside of Mexico. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not a guy that's done the Europe thing. I haven't done that that kind of thing. How many states have you been to in the United States? Like in your in your lifetime, how many have you visited? I just, uh, you were nice enough to print me out a copy. I did, because I was curious about this. Yeah. To the best of my knowledge, I've been to 28. 28? Yeah. Now, before you filled that out, did you think it was more than 28? Um. Well, I haven't been, so kind of along, what do they call it? Um, I'm at like 26. Like the Carolinas? Yeah. That whole area? I haven't been to there. There's a whole bunch, man. If you went up in the Northeast, I could knock out. Man, if I drove from Maine to South Carolina, I could add about 15 to this fucking list yeah. right now. But, I, you know, Dave, I look at it, and I just came from starting from the West going East. Uh, state of Washington, yes. Oregon, no. California, Nevada, Arizona, Utah. I've been New Mexico, Colorado, but then for the top three up there, never been to Wyoming, me neither, Montana or Idaho, me neither. Uh, you slide over, never been to North Dakota, South Dakota. I may have driven through Nebraska, but not enough to make a memory, so I didn't yeah. count it. But Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, driving out here, 
sliding over again, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, and Louisiana, yes. Wisconsin, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, yes. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, yes. Uh, Michigan, yes. Wisconsin, yes. New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. But then you kind of get over into this area. Indiana, I don't think I've ever been anywhere in Indiana. I don't think I've I ever... went to Indiana by accident once. Trying to go to Ohio, got on the wrong highway, ended up in Indianapolis. It feels like at some point along the way I would have been in Ohio, but I don't think I have been. West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and then that whole range up there, Maryland. Oh, I've been to Maryland, 29. There you go. Uh, Maryland, I've been to Baltimore. That's why I broke my fucking the ankle twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> um, but Delaware, no. Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine and Alaska, no. So yeah, and Hawaii, you've been to. Yeah, been to Hawaii, but but the rest of these, Dave, I, I look at and I go, I don't know, like what would ever bring me there. Yeah. So I would say twenty nine. So I have no desire to hit. North Dakota, South Dakota. Fuck no. Yeah, none You're of those. You're going to do a Mount Rushmore. I've, Fuck that. You're going to be bored. I've never been to Michigan. Don't see myself going to Michigan. Wisconsin, one day, I'll, hopefully I'll see a Packers game. Why? But, what a bore. <laughs> maybe I'll do that. But there's so many of them that, that I hadn't. So I thought, really, I thought when we started looking at this list, I thought mine was in the 40s. It wasn't even close. No. And then uh, I'm just asking because when I, I've done the cross-country drive twice. I've done yeah. the... The, from California to Tennessee and then Tennessee back to to California. So you hit a lot right there. You hit a lot right there. And basically Interstate 40 will take you almost all the yeah. way here. So you, you sit there and you try and figure it out. Then I was trying to think about how many has, have my kids seen. And mm. then uh, I think Josh has been to more than, than I have. Jake, definitely not. But, but Josh, just from Alabama and, and the traveling around, he's been to a bunch. But it's um it, it's it's kind of kind of interesting when you think you know how great we you know the United States is that we love this country that I haven't yeah. been to basically a, a ton of it. How many states ha- have your kids been to? Um, right now they have been California, Nevada, Arizona. California, that's it. That's it three of them. Yeah. No, no Hawaii yet. No. Okay. You got just you, the only time you went was when with me and then with your wife, right? Yep. Those okay. two times. It's uh, it's funny. What about airplanes? Every kid's been on an airplane. The only thing they did, it was really fun. Um, we we did this trip to Monterey when they were little, and they had free airplane rides at the local airport for kids. And what they had would be like Palomar Airport. They had about ten people that had their small planes out, and they were all people that had been pilots for 20 years or whatever, and they would take the kids up in in planes. Really? So they haven't been on Delta, American, or anything else, but they flew in a small plane for 20 minutes up and down all over Pebble Beach, Carmel, Monterey. They like it? Loved it. Loved it. So that, at least for them, from that experience, has been great. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean. Do they, you, you guys ever, like, because obviously you're really close to your boys. Do you ever think about, hey, we're going to take a trip to Chicago? Or, like, we're all well, going to go. Like, have you guys ever talked about it? Oh, yeah. They say to me all the time. They're like, hey, Dad, let's plan a trip to Toronto. And I'm like, all right. Well, that'll be an interesting conversation. But, um, but yeah, let's go. So, yeah, they would like to do that. What they would like to do, which I really dig about my sons, is they have both said to me, I want to go to Minneapolis. 
I want to go to Minneapolis and I want to see where you were when you were 12. Yeah. Show me your neighborhood, the whole thing. Now, I haven't been back there. Um, shit, I haven't been back there in 25 years. But uh, the next time I go, you know, God willing that we're all here, I will be with those two guys. Good. And that would be great. So they want to go there. The trips that they want to do with me that I know their mom would never do. They want to go uh, to Minneapolis. They want to go to New York City. They're both New York guys. They cool. like that. They want to do that. They want to go to Toronto because they know what Toronto means to me and uh, and what's going on up there. And and uh, it's a big part for them, too. They're aware of everything, and, and they're cool. And fuck yeah, it'd be great. I can't wait to get on a plane with those guys. It'd yeah. be great. It's yeah. uh, it, it is. It's uh, it's it's one of those things to kind of look at it through their eyes. What do they see? And then you start to realize also your stories and your memories aren't going to be the same as their stories and their memories. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As much as my younger son used to love going to Los Angeles, he had no desire to go through the neighborhood where I used to live. You know, those, yeah, those yeah. houses and bakeries, all that shit didn't mean anything to him. Yeah. But for me, this was, you know, basically my childhood, you know, where yeah. we played baseball, where we played basketball. Well, we went and bought baseball cards, all that shit. All that that was important to us, you know? They, they Going to 7-Eleven and buying uh, commemorative t- cups for that right. had Steve Garvey on them. That kind of bullshit. With the coins? And so they yeah. were they were the Slurpees. Yeah. And uh, we used but to- But you, where did we get the coins, Dave, at the bottom of the cup? The coins I that never were had like- that. I don't know. Did they have Slurpees like that? They had coins in them? Yeah. Oh, they shit. were like I uh, never knew that. And remember, like the old Kellogg's cards that were kind of three D, that kind of had that crazy glow to it. That's right. These coins had it, but they were. I'm telling you, Dave. I think they were on the bottom of the Seven Eleven Slurpee cup, and you could get, like you said, Garv or whoever else. Um, If you're a Padre fan, fuck you. I'm putting Tim (laughs) Lawler on here. Dude, that's a great point. Take you your Davy Lopes. Yeah, take your Davy Lopes coin and get the fuck out of here. Um, that is funny as shit. In but L- that's the way I remember yeah. it. That at the bottom, I bet. Yeah, that is funny. In L.A., they used to have because Union Seventy Six was always. always part of the Dodgers, and you could get these Dodger portraits. You filled up a tank of gas, and they gave you these Dodger portraits. And yeah. uh, and I remember going asking my aunt, "Hey, you gotta you gotta get right. them. You know, please get out of the car and go get get me whatever the hell they give you." And I would collect them, but those damn Slurpee cups, man. This had to be in in the eighties, where I'd go stay with my grandmother. My buddy Matt, who was from Ohio, would, yeah. would be there, and we would run down to Seven Eleven, have a million fucking Dave Parkers and Reggie Jackson yeah, cups, and and we'd ask, "When's Garvey coming in?" You know, when the fuck's Garvey coming in? And then finally got it. to the point where we're walking our asses off. I mean, yeah, we're walking two day. miles each way to Seven Eleven to get these How fucking great, cups. Right? And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking call. I'm going to find the yeah. fucking phone number. And I remember he's just sitting down in a chair listening to fucking like Michael Jackson thriller. Right. And I call up, hey, you got any Steve Garvey cups? And the lady on the other end said, sure do. Just came in. And I fucking hung on the phone. That's and, it. Here I, we go. I, no, I didn't like even Forrest tell him. Gump. I ran out of the house like Forrest Gump. <laughs> and that fucking guy's like, where the fuck's he going? Yeah. And he's chasing. And he's, he's faster than me. And I'm like, yeah. if there's only one, I better fucking get it. It was the fastest two miles I think I ran in my life, just chasing for that fucking cup. The greatest, right? It was funny as shit. I, I remember coming back to to Nashville with 80 Steve Garvey cups like yeah. on the plane. And my parents were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is this? You're going to take orange juice out of this shit? Yeah. Cups the size of your fucking arm. What are you doing? Dude, you know the cups, though, Dave? The yeah. The Slurpee cups were great. You mentioned it. I think it was Shell. 
Remember at Shell, you would have to talk your mom to go get gas there. And then you'd get the small, kind of smoky gray, like perfect Cavassier glass, right? <laughs> but when I was a kid, they didn't fuck the twins, dude. Your, your twins are shit. <laughs> but you know what? You little sack of shit will bring Vikings. So they would yeah. do these little, remember they started off kind of light gray and then they got darker yeah. as they got up to the, to the yeah. rim. And they do the Vikings logo. Dude, I still have them. Remember those? Remember them. I still have them. Yeah. I have those. Fuck, I got a million Laker uh, glasses in my house and Raider ones. They used to have yes. Lakers and Raider ones. Shell or 76. Yeah. And I got I got a shitload of, no one drinks out of them, but I got no. a shitload of them in the house right now. Yeah. I'm going to need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying, right? That's a perfect Jack and Coke cup yeah, right there. It is. Sailor Jerry, call. Tiki, whatever the fuck we drink. God damn, you get fucked up with those. They were great. That's, and you know the great thing about that cup? We talked about this a couple weeks yeah. ago. That's the kind of cup that a fucking guy, whoever working for that gas station, dude, he was a guy who had a little dirt under his nails, right? Like yeah. a Brian Dennehy, George Kennedy type fucking guy. <laughs> right? Yes. It wasn't fucking Charles Nelson Riley no, designing that. The not. guy's like, we're going to start. Listen, you fucking assholes. <laughs> this is going to be a glass that's going to look good when it's got fucking scotch in it. <laughs> it's going to be light gray, and then it's going to come to the top. It's going to be dark gray. I'm not going to repeat myself. Light, <laughs> dark, get them fucking done. Free, four-pack, 10 gallons, Get the fuck out of my office and make sure that fucking logo looks nice. If I can't see the fucking logo in the dark gray, you're fucked. And then I'm going to go to your house and fuck your wife. And then I'm going to go to the house you grew up in. I'm going to fuck your mom. Light gray, dark gray, logo shows. Any questions? Nobody gives a fuck. Get out of here. That was the guy who designed it, right? Wasn't fucking Ben Higgins. It was fucking it was Steve Woods. Oh, my God, dude. What the hell happened to your boy Ben today? About Aubrey Huff? Yeah, I got so many messages. I had no idea what I the heard fuck's a lot. going on. It was funny as shit. Oh, my God. I looked back on Twitter and basically Aubrey daring him to show up so they can fight each other. No! Oh, it was Aubrey responded? To, oh, yeah. To Ben? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is Aubrey local? Yeah, Aubrey's local. And he's like, dude, come on down to the beach. Just happen to let's go for a walk. You know, the whole deal. Called him out. And what did Ben all, say? It, ben uh, said punch him in the face. Oh, yeah. He backpedaled. He, he goes. That, that's he goes. We we can. Hold on. What do you say? I'm paraphrasing here, but he used this line. We can talk about throwing dukes all day long, but throwing it's, dukes. But it's <laughs> throwing the dukes. But we Ben's never thrown a duke no, in his yeah, life. Couldn't fight Christ a cold. And so he he says it's not going to solve the the problem at hand. And he's like, just like someone to backpedal. Aubrey, Is that what Aubrey said? Yeah. And I, who are we kidding? Aubrey would kill him. This guy's a former pro, uh, professional athlete. I don't think Ben's ever been in a fight in his life. God, no. And <laughs> God, no. And, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, everyone's writing me all day long. Are you watching this shit on Twitter? And I said, no, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I love about. that Aubrey called him out. Oh, yeah. Like, let's go. And so I guess Ben was upset. I agree with Ben. Wear the fucking mask in public. Don't be mm -hmm. a fucking jerk off. Just wear the fucking mask. Right. And just because you drop Jesus Christ in an argument like fucking Aubrey does all the time doesn't mean you're right. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like it, though, if, uh, if Ben was upset about Doug Gottlieb's tweet as he is about Aubrey Huff okay, not wearing a mask? Explain, you, you said that to me in a text. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. What's happening? So, uh, Kyrie Irving said, 
couple weeks ago, or maybe even just last week, that he's willing to give up everything right now for, uh, you know, just to skip the NBA season, right? Yeah. For whatever Kyrie's definition is and why he's doing. To which Doug Gottlieb grabbed it and retweeted it and said, Pat Tillman gave up everything. So it became a discussion on uh, Bennett Woods because Steve made the point. He goes, it's just a, a weird tweet. And the Tillman family, as they've always said, we met Mary and the rest. Yeah. Like, don't bring Pat in. Always. Don't do this always. shit. You didn't know him. You don't know anything what he was about. Stop. And so they bring it up on Ben and Woods. And Ben's like, well, you know, maybe what Doug meant was, and I'm like, I text Steve. I go, that's the most clueless fucking guy in the history. But the thing is, I'll say this, having known Ben for a long, long time, Ben's genuinely one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. My concern is that sometimes you got to fucking know the pulse of the street, man. Yeah. You got to know the pulse of the street. And there's no fucking reason to play devil's advocate with anything that Doug Gottlieb writes. Yeah. Right? So you hear it, and then uh, I thought Ben was really funny today. Like, it was so out of character for him to be like that. It was really, really funny. But there was a part of me when I heard it live going in where I'm like, I think Aubrey lives local, Ben. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. He found out. He did. Yeah. That's really funny. He found out. Yeah, when he, when the show's over, you got to take a look at it. But it got it got freaking nuts. Well, Ben, Ben was, but what Ben said was, he's like, look, I'm, I guess Channel 10 has him doing a daily coronavirus yeah. podcast. He's like, I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to talk sports. And Aubrey Huff's going to make me do this podcast forever. It was so goddamn funny. And then he got Woods and Paul talking about being aroused. And you're like, just shut the fuck up. Spank the monkey in the corner, you two fucking weirdos. Just let Ben go, dude. It was great because it was so out of character and it was so genuine. Yeah. But, but he, the three guys, did you hear the three guys he wants to punch in the face? No, I didn't hear. I just knew the Aubrey Huff deal. Aubrey Huff. Yeah. Patrick Reed, the golfer, the Masters Why? guy. Who's, eh, he's just kind of one of those guys. You could see Ben being a golf fan getting upset. And I didn't hear the explanation of this because Steve didn't feel it necessary to fill everybody in <laughs> uh, like Mike or Judd would have done. Uh, Steve Alford. Steve Alford? Really? Yeah, wants to, Ben wants to fight. Well, Ben wants yeah. to back down from a fight with him too, I guess. <laughs> when, you and I used to do this bit at KFMB was name someone that you'd like to punch in the face. Yeah. And I remember people would call in and it was like 90% of them. John Rocker. I was like... John Dude, John Rocker, Rocker would dude. kill every one of you. John right. Rocker was like 6'4", 230. And he psycho. Would, yeah, and a psycho. He would have killed every single caller. Yeah. Go ahead. Call someone out that doesn't have a chance of killing you. Right. Like, dude, say you'll fight like Ian Rose. Gary Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> John Coleman. <laughs> like, I want to fight John Coleman in KUSI. You're like, well, I'll tell you what. You got two options. You either Kick John Coleman's ass or you get your ass out of town. Because if John drops you, you're fucking done. Okay, but now if you're Ben, you've been emasculated. Yes, Because Aubrey have. Huff's like, hey, dude, you said you want to punch yeah. me in the face, so I'm right here. Yeah, leave the house. I'm waiting for you. That's yeah. basically what he told him. What do you think Ben did tonight? I, think, I don't think he's sleeping. He's not. Yeah, he's drinking like a motherfucker, and he's not sleeping tonight. He's just chugging Ovaltine. Yeah, getting a, getting a house alarm. <laughs> Get the house alarm. 
He's hiring Mike from yeah. My Bodyguard. Yeah, dude. He's walking around with his gray sweatsuit. Yeah. He's hiring towel. Coach to stand in front of his door. Yeah. Fuck. Coach ain't, coach ain't fighting off real. No, but at least he looks big. Another Tory guy. <laughs> what did Woods do when all this shit happened? He talked about that he had a little fucking stiffy because oh. he didn't know what to do. <laughs> I'm so aroused. You're like, fucking weirdo. Get together. You think Woods is a fighter? Oh, I would take Steve. Yeah, man. If if she got. Oh, yeah. Steve's a fucking. Uh, oh, dude. Okay. Here's my guess on Woods. Yeah. He Woods, may... Woods is the kind of guy. My Just my guess. Yeah. If a fight broke out, he'd be the first one in. Matter of fact, he might be the guy that starts the fight when really a fight wasn't about to happen. Like yeah. he goes, it's on. He gets crazy. Yeah. Throws the first punch. Maybe he lands two. Okay. But then he's the first guy also on the floor. Fucking God, the chick kicked it. out of him. We were like, fuck. Now we got to finish this because it wasn't a fight about to happen. But you fucking read the room wrong, you asshole. No, you know why Steve would read the room wrong? <laughs> Tell me this. Steve would, Steve would read the room wrong because he'd find the guy that looks like uh, Malachi from Children yeah. of the Corn. And he'd fight that guy without knowing that that guy fucking trains at the arena. Yeah. And, that guy, <laughs> and that guy would just get Steve's back and rear naked choke. And Steve would be like, try to tap. Okay, okay. Okay, and the guy just fucking choke him out, and you and I gotta just throw fucking gin and tonics on him, wake him up. Get the fuck up, sleepy. Oh, how'd I do? Malachi choked you the fuck out. <laughs> Not only did he choke you out, he took your fucking smelling salt out of your pocket and shoved it in one of your nostrils, <laughs> and you still didn't get up. <laughs> Dude, why would you fight anybody right now? All these fuckers train. They're all jujitsu guys. They're all gonna fucking... And... The other thing is, too, like that fucking idiot who got in front of the fight in front of the Union Bank with the guy who had the laser. Dude, the guy's all bouncing around like he's John L. Sullivan. <laughs> the fucking kid with the laser clipped him twice in the jaw yeah. and just uh, in put a dress shirt in a dress shirt backed up against a fucking SUV. And he puts you to sleep. And people watch that and they're like, oh, shit. Or we talked about the guy, the guy in the Patagonia shirt. Yeah. That starts yelling the N-word. Yeah. And those guys got off and put him to sleep. Yeah. Nobody feels bad for you. No. So the next day, right, you're just sitting there and you're making your fucking ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> your whole head's ringing, right? Feels like you got the goddamn uh, choir in there. You can't hear shit. And you go to work. And you just see, you know it, whether it's real or or a dream, you know everybody's on the monitor has that fucking video of yeah. you from World Star. <laughs> and they're all yelling, You're leaking. <laughs> I'm not. Oh shit. Did you see there were four of them? Well, I saw one guy hit you with four punches. <laughs> and then I saw you lean up against the doorway. And all of a sudden took a mid-afternoon nap. Fuck that. You're done. Oh, my God. Dude. That's Dave when we go to the states that we've never met. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I heard South Dakota's great. <laughs> I'm just going to go to fucking South Dakota. I'm going to dye my hair and uh, grow a big goatee. And I'm just going to start. Uh, maybe I'll get a job at the post office. Civil service. <laughs> Woods would get choked out right on the fucking floor <laughs> of the Tidewater. Right at the bottom of Mount Rushmore. Just yeah. get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. But at least he'd go in. I'll give you a couple. Let's just go media, guys. Okay. I love this game. You and I, shit's getting real. And now uh, 
we, we played this game a couple of months yeah. ago, but we're going to expand it out a little bit. We'll do some TV guys this time. Shit's going down. We're down at uh, Dubs downtown. Uh, no, you know what? Let's make it even more interesting. Okay. We're across the fucking border, and we're at uh, Club Unicornio. <laughs> all Are these want, guys with us? Like the part of our group? Well, all we want to do is go over and play High Lie, okay. and gamble on High Lie, get a couple of fucking uh, you know, beers, Takates, and uh, all of a sudden, looks like there's going to be about five guys. There's you and me. Now we got to fucking figure out out of the group who fills out the other three right who's the yep. rest of the backstreet boys let's go uh let's go at let's go fm this time we did am before okay here's your first guy because i'm just gonna like your response jesse lozano no chance <laughs> fuck no no chance fuck jesse can't even call the uber because his hands are shaking so bad <laughs> Give you a guy might say, yeah. What about Frankie V? Yeah, I think that did oh, the fight. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Okay, let's go right down the hall from those guys. Eddie Papani. I think Eddie would fight. 100%. Yeah. I was hoping you weren't going to yeah. say no because yeah. Eddie is yeah. 100%. Yes. Thor. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt, yeah. right? You found. I tell you what, before you started, I didn't think there was going to be one, but you just named three guys. I like those three guys. Okay, all three of those guys. Yeah, a little right? crazy. Yeah, yeah, Papani. But I thought you were gonna. I thought I was. I gonna wasn't trying to think for a second, but yes, Papani's got your back. Yeah, he's uh, he's subtle, like quiet, but he's like one of those guys, like a type guy that Steve would start something with, and then that guy would choke Steve out <laughs> at fucking uh, Moonshine Flats. <laughs> And we'd have to fucking, we'd have to listen to Steve tell us that another two minutes and that guy was fucking done. <laughs> uh, there's nobody on KGB. No. I was trying to think Clint, but no. I think Clint's too oh, nice of a guy. Fuck. I think Clint's too nice of a guy. Clint, 20 years ago, I'd give him a shot. Clint's <laughs> so fucking nice. There's no chance. I thought you were going to say Joe Hitman Hayes. No. No. I'll tell you the guy, though, dude. I'll tell you the guy at that station that's got a little bit of fucking crazy in him. I'll take my, I'll gamble on this one. I'm going to take my boy, Cabana boy, Jeff Allen. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. You like that call, right? Yeah. The guy was yeah. the best soccer player in that whole fucking soccer match we did. It was crazy. Dude, I love those two guys. Joe Hayes and fucking uh, and Jeff Allen. They're yeah. fucking good guys, man. Long time. Like, how many years San Diego radio... Those are the guys that deceptively have been in this market yeah. for a long time, yeah. right? Joe's a really good dude. Joe lives down the street. Super nice guy. Always checks in. He, yeah. He, everything. You guys doing okay? Always asked. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Do we have anybody else FM that I'm missing? No, I tell you what, though. I like the guys you pick from the music stations better than the guys on the sports stations. Yeah. Judd, Judd's not a fighter. Judd always. Judd was the guy hated the talk of even baseball brawling with Rizzo. Uh, what are we doing here? <laughs> Hey, come on, guys. <laughs> this is an angle we want to take. This is low-hanging fruit. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off, Judd. You crazy bastard. We're dancing whether you're showing up or not. Yeah, you, you asshole. Put your back against the wall. It's going. Come on. Go get that fucking Darren's pickup truck. Darren's not fighting. Darren, fuck no. I take Marty before I take Darren in a fight. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, I would, dude. I would take Jim Russell. I, would take I think I would take Jim Russell. I think you. you're joking on no, that. No, I'm not. I would take Jim. I'm just disgusted that Darren and Judd are fucking pacifists. God, they Assholes. are. They're lighting a candle, hoping everybody comes home 
And we're not bleeding. Hartman's not fighting. Fuck no. Ornberger would. Dude, I would put money that if a fight ever broke out, Hartman would break a collarbone within five seconds. A collarbone <laughs> is a, a hip? Would he break his hip? The young guy? When I look at him with that shirt on, Hartman always looks like the guy that has the hanger still in his shirt. Like, yeah. you put that shirt on with the hanger on? Yeah. <laughs> Steve looks like one of those guys that you see on America's Got Talent that can dislocate yeah. their shoulders. I could see. And Steve looks like he's just a guy who forgot to put it back. Exactly right. I could see Costas and guys, I was in, but I was tying my shoes. Fucking not doing anything. Guys, Meg, do, Meg wouldn't let me. <laughs> Mike, yeah, the sports side of it really disappointed. Yeah, we got nobody on yeah. 97.3. I tell you, well, I'll tell you what. I, I would take Woods. And, yeah. And I think fucking crazy Chris Hello. I would think. Oh, I would, dude, for I, sure. I think I would take those what, two guys. Junior's fucking yoked yeah. right now. You seen Junior? Yeah. Dude, Junior's fuck. I'll take Junior, too. <laughs> hey, uh, yesterday, Dave. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of Junior, man, Boach was on yesterday with, with Chris and Tony. And it was so great. But, man, six years ago yesterday, we lost Tony yeah. Sr. And I had put a thing on social media talking about that when we left KFNB in 02. I mean, he called me at home. Called me and said, hey, what's going on? What happened? We told him it was a deal uh, where we wouldn't break the union. And I remember a lot of those guys, man, I didn't really get it then, but I think you and I both got it as time went on. They're all union guys. Kevin and Boach and Tony, uh, we talked to all of them. And I had said the thing um, that Tony said, well, what can I do? And I jokingly said, well, I guess I need a reference for a resume. And Tony said, do it. And yeah. like was adamant, do it. And I did. Yeah. And I, I was saying, I didn't put this on social media, but I told Tony this later on. Um, we left KFNB in March. I didn't get hired by Chase until November. Yeah. And I had sent out hundreds of resumes, it feels like. Yeah. And finally, I got a job at Chase, uh, you know, trying to keep people out of foreclosure. And I called him and I said, hey, I got a job. I'm going to work for Chase, not far from you. And he was so genuinely happy and nice, the whole thing. And I told him, I said, you know, how I got the job. He's like, no. I said, I took you off my resume. <laughs> he's like, what? I said, Tony, people are looking at my resume going, A, there's no way this asshole yeah. knows. Yeah, it's a bullshit artist. Or I have to check references. I can't fucking call Tony Gwynn. What am I going to say? And I know I'm going to want to ask for an autograph, and I'm going to tell him, I, fuck that. Give me the next resume. So I said, I put some dipshit I worked with at the liquor store. They called him. I got a job. He laughed and laughed and laughed. But the thing, Dave, that made me so happy was I put that story and thank you to every one of you um, that went either from Instagram or Twitter or those of you on my Facebook page that shared your individual meetings yeah. with him. It was so great. And my friend Michelle on Facebook told this story about how her husband did work at his house, uh, doing trees at Tony's house, and how Tony spent 15 minutes with him and then signed a baseball for Michelle and brought it home. And then 
other guys talked about, you know, this was my experience with him and that was my experience. And I'm just telling you, the thing I've always said about that story is from giving Dave the bat when when Josh was yeah, born. Yeah, he was three years old. Um, to what he did for me with the resume, like I've always said, that wasn't independent to just us. He made an impact on everybody. And to read so many of those things, like, you know, Junior knows these stories. He's yeah. heard them over and over. But it just was confirmation of just what a special, amazing guy he was. And like I said, Dave, it's not a word I use as saying I use ever. But I genuinely mean it when I say it was an absolute pleasure to be his friend. Yeah. And I have a CD in my car from you and I at Free FM. And it's him and Michael Tuck. And it's I think it's about 48 hours before the Hall of Fame announcement. And he's not convinced he's going in. No. And you know what I'll do? I don't know, man. Kyle Pfluger might be able to do it. We got to find a way to get both of those interviews up at DaveAndJeffShow.com. Yeah. Mike Tuck meant so much to us um, and, and Tony. But before that fucking CD melts in the sun, it's the yeah. only copy of it we have. Uh, we'll we'll find a way to get that and we'll put it up on the website. It's just for me, it's it's incredible yeah. and sad to hear both those guys who who we cared about so much. Absolutely. Hey, I want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams is the guy to help you get into your first home. He's done it for our listeners already. He wants to get you out of the rental market. Jeff tells you all the time when you look at the rental market, how bad it is and then basically how expensive it is. Why throw money away when you're paying a mortgage? It's basically an investment. And at the same time, you're going to go, this is one of the best moves I ever made. Jeff always uses the, the phrase peace of mind. He's absolutely right. Dan Williams understands that as well. So look, if you want to be debt free, if you want to own your first home, if you're looking to have questions on what do I do with my money right now, Dan Williams is your guy. 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. I was at uh, dinner at my old house last night. Luckily, I can go in there and things are cool. And we we're just chatting about different things that had happened in there. And I was telling my sons one night I had just are recycling probably like a lot of people that live in a condo complex. It was kind of on the opposite end of the complex, right? Like if our if our unit was at five o'clock, the yeah. recycling was at eleven. So I put everything together, you get the bags together, and I leave the garage door open. And I come back and I'm like, I'm walking in and I hear something and there's a goddamn baby skunk in my garage just rolling around in the laundry and goofing oh, around and just fucking around playing. But it's like, it's 10 o'clock at night. We got a show in the morning. The And how the fuck do you get this skunk out of here? Yeah. Right. And so I was just saying, like, that's the kind of shit that happens in your house where you're like, what do I do? And I had Stern on. And I don't know if anybody heard Seth Meyers earlier this week. Seth Meyers was funny as shit. And he was talking about doing um, shows from his attic. And he said, uh, he was, yeah, the one thing I've never known, I've lived in this house forever, is there's got to be a whole family of squirrels living in the wall. <laughs> and you just hear those things, man. And as a homeowner, there's so many great things, so many great memories as a family that you just don't get when you're renting an apartment those numbers are going through the roof. Make that call to Dan Williams. Step one 
to get you in the house of your dreams. Absolutely. Step two of that process is going to be calling Brian Curry. Brian Curry is the guy to help you find that perfect home. Man, he has been a pleasure to work with. Very patient at the same time. He looks out for you. It's where he's the one that's looking to buy that perfect home because he sits there and will tell me, Dave, this isn't a good one. There's a bunch yeah. of reasons why. And at the same time, he'll tell me, this is the neighborhood. This is the street that you said you wanted to be on. Guess what? I got you on that street. Again, Brian Curry is your guy to help find that perfect home, whether you're looking for a bigger home or a smaller home. He will work with you. Just tell him exactly what you want. It's that easy. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. I swear, if I give my kids any advice at all from a career standpoint, I'm going to tell them to be a goddamn architect because it would be amazing. And how many of us have gone through this when you go to an open house? Dave, you and Rita may have gone yeah. through it. You go to an open house and it's always right. The street appeal. When you look at it, the curb appeal, you look at it from the outside. You go, man, this is great. And I love the neighborhood. Everything looks good. I could really see myself living here. Let's go inside and take a walk around. And you walk in, and the next thing you know, you're going, and then right in the middle of the kitchen, there's a 20 by 20 fireplace. And you're like, who the fuck <laughs> puts a fucking fireplace in the middle of the kitchen? Or you go out to the living room, and all the walls are fucked up. And, like, the cable is coming out, but there's no cable on the wall where you go, well, that's the wall where you're going to hang exactly. the TV. Exactly. Happens all the time. But the fucking cable make any sense. is behind the dishwasher. All the stupid shit. That's why I said my kids are going to, I'm going to teach them. Be an architect. You'll never lose. The great thing is when you go out with Brian, before you even have a chance to register that thought, he's going to see all the little things that you may not think of when you're still thinking curb appeal and close to work and everything else. He's going to look at it and say, you know what, guys? Yeah, it's great today, but in a month or a year or three years, when you're into that 30-year commitment, you're going to fucking hate it. Let's get the fuck out of here and go to the one where you're going to love it in a year or two years or three years. That's why he's the best. He'll be the best guy for you. Give Brian a call. Tell him uh, Dave and Jeff sent you. The other guy you need to call is Alan Taylor, Taylor and May Pools. I think a lot of people are finding out right now you're getting those notices from your home association. Mm -hmm. If you're going, well, I don't need a pool. Because guess what? We use the one in the community. Guess what? Those pools aren't opening till 2021. No. You are fucked. You are fucked, fucked for the summer. And you're going to realize, man, I should have called Alan Taylor before. Alan Taylor can build the pool of your dreams. If you have a pool and it's not up to basically being workable right now, Alan Taylor can fix that as well with full uh, renovations, uh, pool resurfacing, everything you possibly need. Again, call Alan Taylor, 619-449-4452, 619-449. 4452. I thought about it, Dave. We've had a lot of incredible specials with the team at TaylorMade Pool. A lot of you have taken advantage of it. But this one's a little different. When I was a kid, a movie that absolutely changed my life. There were two of them. I'm not going to lie to you. There were two of them. The first one was Big Bad Mama with Angie Dickinson. Yes. That movie changed my life. But the other movie that changed my life starred San Diego's own Raquel Welch when she was in Kansas City Bomber, <laughs> where she played the roller derby queen. Dude, I'm telling you. Dave, you find the picture of Raquel Welch from the cover of Kansas City oh, Bomber. She looks great in everything. You'll never. Yeah, I'm just telling you. She'll never. You'll never be the same. Now, I would like to say for all of you, like we've done in the past, whether it was Charlene Tilton, Joey Heatherton, or any of the other stars we've done, Lola Falana. 
I'd like to make this offer available to just the first 75 people that call, but I can't. The only way we can make this offer available is for the first 25 of you that Venmo me directly $1,000. You Venmo me $1,000 as a finder's fee. (laughs) I'll give you the nine-digit passcode that Alan Taylor is waiting on. And yes, in your backyard, you can have the Raquel Welch Kansas City Bomber pool of your dreams. God damn, I'll tell you what, and it's weird because I don't say this often, but when your mother-in-law comes over <laughs> and sees that pool, those old tired nips of hers are going to go ka-ching! Oh, tired nips. <laughs> Jesus. She's going to know that you're the fucking man. And I'll tell you what, you're going to see your old goofball father-in-law come in there, and that old guy... He's going to keep his fucking mouth shut about how Trump's making America great again because he's going to know what that pool is. That's a Raquel Welch pool. <laughs> and he's just going to look and say, God damn, that guy's a better man than me. Uh, it starts with a Venmo. First 25 of you to Venmo me a thousand bucks. I'll give you the nine digit passcode. And uh, this one's going to sell out quick. I'm not going to lie to you. If anybody Venmos me a thousand bucks, Dave, don't. I'll. <laughs> Stop. Like somebody, like I could see Vera. Hey, I'll take that pool. I live in an apartment in Vista, but I've got $1,004 in savings. She would. And I'll send it to you. I'd be like, oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, shit. Don't Venmo me any money. Just get a tailor-made pool. He's not building a Raquel Welch pool, okay? It's going to look nice. It's going to be gorgeous. You'll have the grotto. Go to DaveAndJeffShow.com. Check the sponsor page and find for yourself, you fucking maniac. All right, Kyle Fluger's your guy for that perfect website. What are you waiting for, Kyle Fluger? What are you waiting for? Can help build that perfect website for you. So many of you have realized in the last four months that, look, I got to figure out a way to make a little bit of money, and I want to make it as my own name. So, look, I have an idea for a business. Kyle's your guy. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. The absolute best. See what he did for us at jakesprojects.org. See what he did for us at daveandjeffshow.com. He can do the same for you. Can't say it enough, man. The first initial impact can make or break the relationship that you have with your customers. You have to make a website appealing, and nobody does it better than Kyle. All right, here we go. We have uh, the stayer goes. You better hang around for because it's interesting. But here we go. First, we're going to start off with... How old are they and how much are they worth? It is June 17th. I only have four of them tonight. Okay. Newt Gingrich. Oh, that's an interesting one from an age standpoint. Because he's a guy who looked like he's been 80 for 30 years, right? Exactly right. I'm going to say he's 78. Close, 77. 77. Uh, 20 million. $30 million. Wow. 30 million. Okay. Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, Mari Cooper. Oh, wow. And we had Amari on it in 2014. Yes. Uh, 25. 26. 26. You're just one year below both of them. Shit. Uh, Remember, he, his, his big $100 million contract hasn't kicked in. Yeah. I'll say uh, $18 million. $12 million. Okay. Barry Manilow. Fuck, man. He just says every day, it looks like we made it. I just found out when I looked this up, he was gay. How about that? You just, you just found that out? He was, you know, he was married to a woman first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. he's married to a guy now. So it was Elton was... John. What did you just say? Elton John was married to a woman too. He's gay too. He is. Oh, look at that! I just learned something. Well, that's what I'm here for. Uh Barry Manilow. 
Uh, boy, this is funny. I'll say he's 73. 77. 77. Born the same day as Newt. How about that? Yep. But they have a lot in common. <laughs> they have zero in common. <laughs> uh, Barry Newt Manilow. hates Barry Manilow, right? Doesn't Newt hate everything Barry Manilow stands for? Probably. Yeah. If uh, I, I want to play a game before we get to stay yeah. or go, but I'm going to say Barry Manilow wrote a lot of songs. I'm going to say he's worth $60 million. $100 million. Damn. All right. Yeah, he does. He actually said, I write the songs. He does. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Last one on here, Venus Williams. Oh, dude. I'm such a fan of that family, man. I really am. They are so, I don't know. I just, like no, I it's said, funny. I was in school in L.A. when they became like a no name. It's so weird to see her age right now. Uh, God Because, dang. I mean, she was like nine yeah. years old. I think she's got to be, let me see, 98. 22. I'm going to say she's 43. 40. She's 40. 40. God yep. damn. Um, how much is she worth? 75 million? 95 million. Damn. All right. What game do you want to play? Uh, how much would it cost to get you to sit through a full Barry Manilow concert? Read it. Oh, call- dude, I would go without a doubt. You, really? You, you, dude, here, you want to hear something funny? As, yeah. Again, I've, I can tell you the Sam Perkins story. I can tell you this story. I remember telling my sister who's four years old and and my sister is like my sister would have been a perfect mate for Steve Woods. Like she likes all that music, all yeah. the alternative stuff. She's always like, I, I discovered this band. Yeah. You know, sneak out of the house and I remember she said, I listen to REM. This band's gonna be big. You know, telling me back. Did you have him on today? You had him on in the morning, right? Woods. I turned it off. And and it's fine. I never turned Steve off. Five in the morning I'll, I'll get up, I flip him on, flip on and He'll start off with something that I always find interesting. The way he starts yeah. to start. today, he started the show for like an hour on why would you put bread in the freezer? And I was like, ah, fuck. What? Yeah. I was like, this is the worst fucking radio ever. And I turned it off because he said, I don't know what to do when the bread was in the freezer as a kid. I didn't know how to make a sandwich or how to defrost it. And why would he possibly do that? I'm like, they stuck it in the freezer so you didn't get mold on it when you yeah. had another no, loaf ready to go. And I was like, ah, I'm fucking done. 508, I was out. Uh, Sorry, so- Steve. They're doing. I like when they do. I would go see Barry Manilow though. I told my sister. Well, I, she said to me, she go. I said to her, "You're gonna think I'm crazy, but I, I literally bought two Barry Manilow CDs." She goes, "Don't ever tell anybody that again the rest of your life." She's so disgusted with me. <laughs> Fucking Woods today. They're doing Corona content, right? And one of the reasons, like when we first met him, uh. He had mentioned Jason Isbell, and I had seen something on it. We had kind of talked a lot yeah. about it. Now, Steve knows it. I like that Steve always sends shit out to him on social media because I always tease him that Jason Isbell just is like, shut up. Yeah. But he said he's gotten back to him. So he said today they did this really cool thing. Isbell had been on, and I loved this conversation that Ben and Steve had because I hadn't thought about it, but it was really cool. Isbell and his band had been on, apparently, Colbert. Okay. There's six of them, and they're on Zoom, and they played their new song. But they were asking, like, dude, on a Zoom call, we're all there. We did one a week ago. You're never in sync. Everybody's off. How the fuck does the band sound so seamless, right? Yeah. Like, how do you do that? So I go, oh, this is great. And now they're going to play a couple of bits of the new song. And, of course, you know, fucking Casey Kasem, Scott Shannon, <laughs> has to tell us, this is so good, so good. So I'm like, all right, well, let's hear it, right? I know he's a fan, but I like him, too. 
And the whole time they're playing it, God, so good. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, this is so good. Yeah, shut up, you fucking idiot. Pot down your fucking mic and play 20 seconds of the song. Stop breathing heavy. <laughs> like, it's fucking play Misty for me. And you know I'm right. Yeah. Fucking, I guarantee you, Paul and Ben are like, would you just shut up? And both of them are too classy to say anything. I'll tell you, the other guy losing his shit is fucking Cilio. Because Cilio, when he heard it, I guarantee he's like, that's a good song. I wouldn't have talked over it. And I can't <laughs> argue with that, Dan. We get it. Shit. You're a fan. Okay? We get it. You saw him in fucking Austin at South by Southwest. God. Awesome. You hung out. You drank. Right? You fucking hung out. What else did he do, Dave? What kind of fucking tacos did he eat down there? Carne asada? <laughs> fucking asshole. I was just like, I, can't, I didn't hear one fucking note of the song because I was so distracted by his fucking light petting in the back. God, this is so good. Oh, fuck. It's a... Shut it! <laughs> dipshit. Dipshit. Shut it, dipshit. <laughs> All right, you ready for Stay or Ghost? Yeah, let's go. All right, this is, these are 80s porn stars. Suggested to us by Jerry, who who gave it to us. He said, all right, let's go. 80s porn stars. Okay. I like this. Now, here's the deal, all right, before I get to these names. Uh-huh. As I had to look up these names, okay, to see yeah. which, which, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be five categories, ten girls total. Their pictures come up. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on a second. It's like, no wonder women used to complain about sex back in the 70s and 80s and shit. No wonder, you know how hard it was to find the man on the boat? It was crazy down there. <laughs> it was like every yeah. one of these girls. Old school. It's yeah, old school. Consider me new school. Cause fuck, it's ridiculous. Take it easy. Chris. Oh my gosh. What's that guy's name? Chris Delia. <laughs> yeah, I, we I, had that guy on the show. Yeah, we did. You heard that shit today. Yeah, holy. Fuck. He's texting girls that are like six. You heard that? No, you saw that. Okay, Chris. It's Delia. Yeah, Delia. Dude, he's fucking busted because all these chicks are sending direct messages that he was trying to fuck them when they were like 16. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, Louis C.K.'s like, dude. Yeah, what are, you, what are you doing? Holy shit, really? Yeah, it's bad. That is bad. All, all right, right, I'm ready for you. Let's see how good you are. Okay. Barbara Dare, Christy yeah. Canyon. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, they were, they, they fucking... Those two kept the light bill on at uh, Warehouse Records <laughs> and that's it is. I'll take Barbara Dare. Amber Lynn, Debbie Diamond. Uh, Amber Lynn, yeah. dude. Amber Lynn, yeah. Come on. Nina Hartley, Ginger Lynn. Uh, Ginger Lynn. Now, Nina Hartley still works, right? Yeah, she's the chick in uh, Boogie Nights. Yeah. That's her. Yeah. yeah well, All right, she- here we go. Now, this one's interesting to me because the, the first time I ever saw porn, I found it in my dad's office. He had... He, the two, cat? No, two before he had cats. He had the two VHS tapes. I found them. Okay. Marilyn Chambers was in Insatiable One and yeah. Insatiable Two, and I've never seen anything. I didn't know how things worked. I was right shocked. But first thing I did was I called Kathy Hammond and Renee Baker. You got to come down and come watch this. Come on over here. And all three of us were there. I think I was one with a smile on my face. They were horrified. Yeah, they knew it was coming. <laughs> Marilyn Chambers or Jeannie Pepper? Oh. There's nobody like Jeannie Pepper. Come on. Come on. How do you even keep a straight face when you say that? What the fuck are you talking about? God, Marilyn Chambers died young, man. Sad, yeah. Yeah, early 50s. She, uh, yeah, like I, like, I don't think any of those, 
Like, I think Lisa's probably, I don't think, like, some, we had said on the podcast, like, it'd be kind of fun, right? Like, have more retired stars and yeah. tell their story. And then somebody pointed out, like, dude, they're just trying to blend into real life. They don't want to be showing up and, oh, yeah, I was whoever, whoever. Uh, but but I don't think anybody, for me, I don't think anybody would be more engaging as a guest than Lisa was. Oh, no, without a doubt. You know, here's interesting. I watched this thing on Showtime last week. It was Linda Lovelace story. Oh, okay? wow. And how she was in porn for 17 days. Okay. And is it is it actually is it the movie they made about her? It's the movie her? about her. Okay. It's okay. A, it's an actress. The whole deal. Yeah. And the guy she was married to used to just beat the fuck out of her. Yeah. He basically, try to whore her out. That guy ended up marrying marrying Marilyn Chambers, and then Marilyn Chambers died crazy young. But yeah, it was wow. uh, it was it was too much like Star Eighty shit. You know yeah. what I mean? What made you uncomfortable? Creepy. All right, here we go. Last one: Tracy Lords, Victoria Paris. Oh, dude. It's uh, you can't say Tracy Lords because she was, we. I tell you, Dave, that that's a wild story, man. Um, hang on, I gotta think about Victoria Paris. Do you have a picture of her? I don't. Well, I'll take Victoria Paris. Okay. Because, so Tracy Lords working at the video store in the eighties, like all the ones you just said right there, Barbara Dare, yeah, Amber Lynn, Tracy Lords, man, it was. Like your entire back shelf would be all of those movies. And then it came out that she was 16 yeah. or 17. Underage. And dude, we, like, I ran that video department. We, <laughs> we did. I know. Do you put that on your resume? We had to get, well, I told you. So we ran it. My buddy Cheech worked back there with me. My buddy Boom worked back there with me. And we would have the porn distributors come down and check things out. Well, I don't know who normally ran the video department, but they got three guys that are like fucking 17 high school guys. And we treated those three like they were fucking Reggie Jackson, right? When the porn guy came down. Dude, he was a rock star. So this guy would, the guy from VCA Pictures yeah. sent us, he would send us t-shirts. So we had a pink, we each got a pink t-shirt from Raw Talent. And it was a pink t-shirt, said Raw Talent across the front. And on the back, <clears throat> it had the big VCA Pictures logo. Okay. We wore that fucking thing like it was a Rolling Stones concert t-shirt. But it's the time where you have to get a picture, right? Then you got to go to Thrifty. Yeah. Get the pictures done. Then you got to go fucking mail it. We mail it to the guy. Next thing you know, another box shows up. Now we got black New Wave Hooker t-shirts. So they're black t-shirts and a neon across the front. New Wave Hookers. Well, we wore that like we'd seen the Who at Shea Stadium. And we, what did dude, your mom say when you come? She didn't say shit. She didn't, nobody said anything. Dave, can you imagine your fucking kid just no. walking around with a fucking deep throat t-shirt? We had New Wave hookers and uh, Raw Talent. The Raw Talent shirts were pink. We fucking wore those to high school all the time. I wore to San Diego all the time. We didn't give a shit. <laughs> so fucking oblivious to life. But then uh, we got a call. 
And they're like, dude, you got to get every one of those fucking videos. Get the fuck. And yeah. it was, no, it was a big deal, man. Yeah, like they had to, we had to get everything out sealed. And we had a guy almost in like a Brinks truck Jesus. that came down. So we had to inventory everything. I mean, because the last thing that you wanted was any chance that one of them got out. Yeah. That somebody on your staff got it or somebody else. Cause dude, that would have that could have fucking oh, yeah. shut us down the whole thing. But my favorite game that we would do, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Um anytime we had a girl that had started working at the warehouse, we'd do the same game every time. And we'd say, Hey, uh, Christy, we need you to do us a favor. It's really busy and you're kind of new. We got an inventory coming up in a couple of days. Uh, I'm going to need you to alphabetize the porns, the the adult films, right? What? Yeah, because if I'm doing an inventory and I mark down 10 A titles and 10 B titles and then I get to C and there's an A title, we got to start over. Instead of just adding one to the A's, right? Yeah. And they oh, okay. So Christy would go back, leave her post returning videos, and uh, she'd be back there just diligently sorting everything out, right? Who knows what she's seeing changing her life? <laughs> and then, uh, and then as I'm checking in movies, I just start slowing shit down. So that line of one became a line of three, became a line of five, and now you're looking around. What the fuck is going on here? Fuck. And, the, you know, there'd always be some asshole third guy. Are you the only guy here? Yeah. Hey, fuck off. Yep. Well, you got to be, dickhead. Because you choked one out. Now you're all sleepy. Huh? Going to run down to Roberto's, get a quesadilla, you fucking pervert. Relax. Now you get that line built up. And now when that line's built and the anxiety's getting high, you realize that your coworker, Christy, appears to just be shuffling through the movies back here. And you just yell so everybody can hear. Christy, come on. You rent those at the end of your shift. Not now. Let's go. We got all these people waiting. <laughs> they would fucking want to kill me. It's great. A little light hazing through the world of adult films of the 80s. Uh, very special. Happy Father's Day to you, Dave. Yeah, you too. Coming up. Uh, and for all the dads out there, like I said the other day, I appreciate all of you who supported it. We love the moms. We love the single moms. But not on fucking Sunday, boys. That day is for fucking you. So for uh, Stevie Woods and Costa, Jimmy Betancourt, and all the rest of you that tune in and hear this thing, man, enjoy it. You guys, it's been a crazy 2020, but there's nothing quite like being in the best fraternity in the world, and that's being a dad. We'll all enjoy that on Sunday, and then we'll see you back here Monday night. Yeah, we'll do a show on Monday. All right, everybody. No.
So let